everybody. This is our first podcast episode um, with me co-hosting with Katie. And today we're talking with Daniel Peretta and Louise Fogarty about their upcoming uh, sci-fi Mesoamerican comic, Dream Rider. Uh, they have an ongoing Kickstarter campaign. So we wanted to interview them now while it's ongoing so we can help like put it out there and hopefully they can get their, their project goal uh, funded and, and just gonna ask them questions about their comic, their, their, their own work, their history with Mesoamerica and have a nice chat. So I'm super excited to hear more about this project. I've been following it for a while um, and I'm really excited to see it like take form and take life. Um, so for people who don't know anything about the comic, let's start with that. We can talk about the comic and then maybe we can talk about the work that you each do separately and what brought you together. Uh, so the comic is, uh, well, it's a Mesoamerican sci-fi thriller. It's, um, it's in a completely fictional world. So it's not something that is like an alternate history or like a what if kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's its own thing. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's got like deities. It's got a lot of, um, like conspiratorial kind of things. It's like very intriguing. Aspects. It's even got um, mythical creatures that are proper species in the world that are inspired by Maya myths, mm -hmm. Aztec myths, kind of Mesoamerica in general. Yeah, and it's just um, it's a, a very kind of complex, big world we kind of develop. Uh, so we're just going to be uh, making the Kickstarter for the first book, which is uh, the volume one, um, and then just kind of hoping that um, people like it as much as We've been very kind of passionate about making it. Yeah, hoping it takes off. We have we have plans for so much of this series, and we just really hope that it's going to be something that captures people's imagination. Yeah. You mentioned that you're hoping it's capturing people's imagination. I'm already mm. really curious about it, um, and I, you know, like I, I'm already thinking about like you know people that that I that I want to like recommend it to, and you know, like I, I, uh, I was just amazing. telling Tony this, uh, like like an hour or something ago, um, uh -huh. just talking about how I, I love the way that like Mesoamerican studies has become something that people are they're taking these ideas and creating something so completely brand new um and so i would love to hear more about how you both got into this like and then how you came uh, together right because it seems like you had your own separate interests and then you came together for the project yeah uh well we we kind of were both generally very interested in mesoamerica but yeah. uh the kind of thing that i focus on is a little bit different from hers because my thing is more kind of uh, I like to do clothing studies, for instance, of Mesoamerica. I have a big interest in like just like I don't know historical clothing in general. Uh, I also do my own comic, which is which is an actual alternate history, and it's more set in the 16th century. Um, and my kind of focus in terms of like uh, um, my culture tends to be more Maya, though I do kind of expand to other uh, depictions in my illustrations and things like that. And, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I started off getting really interested in Mesoamerica from the sort of, well, from, from childhood, first of all, there was this, um, I don't know if you've heard of Mexico law, 
um, they they did workshops and mm. they went to my school and I, I was just absolutely fascinated by it. Um, I came home and I was like, talk, 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 talk all about it. Um, and then later when I, when I finished school, I started making these kind of Aztec god little comic things. And I just got so interested in, in the mythology and then Mesoamerican general. And I started connecting to all these different artists. It's, it's, it's a whole community. And it just you you go down the rabbit hole and then you don't come out of it again. So we've done we've done collaborations before. Yeah, we we uh, well, I first reached out to her when I was thinking of doing a collaboration on uh, I think it was a tale of Wemak. Yeah, so one of one of the many uh, like myths of him and like the downfall of the Tolkien. Yeah, that's how we really started talking. And spoiler, we never made this yet. Yeah, but we did collaborate <laughs> on an animation, which was for her. Yeah, final my project. grad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went to animation school, and my grad film, I I made it on the Legend of the Fifth Son. I made this kind of like funny, um, cartoony version of it. Uh, kind of based a little on um, how I depict them in my comics and all of that. And he did backgrounds for me, and that was that was great fun. Yeah, and well, for uh, Dreamwriter itself, uh, it's actually kind of funny because uh, originally I did the the story initially as part of an anthology that they Six that they invited me to. Originally, it was only two pages. Oh yeah, two pages. First. And then they said, "Oh, can you expand this?" Because they liked it. I said, "Okay." Uh, so I expanded it to six pages, which was the maximum I could submit to. And then um, it was kind of sh uh, shown to a publisher. And they're like, oh, my God. And then they really loved <laughs> it. And so they offered a potential deal and said, can you expand this even more? So this happened to be when I was visiting her in twenty eight, late 2018. Yeah. And I didn't actually work on it until like 2019, the very beginning of that. Yeah, this just sounded like the most amazing deal. So, we... which never actually happened. Hence, the wire. No, that 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 felt <laughs> Oh, it was that 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 was frustrating. But we we were like, okay, we need to expand this. So we sat down and we got this this piece of paper out, and we we wrote down bullet points of what do we want to see in this story, and just crammed everything in there. And we're like, we're going to weave this together. Yeah, and it was just like bouncing ideas oh, gosh, we constantly. Were, we, we, we'd be going on walks, yeah. and like just everywhere we went, we were we were talking about this world. And yeah, and at that point, she basically became the co-writer. Yeah, uh, because originally <laughs> it was all going to be like my my story, but like her involvement in kind of the whole process of the story and the characters. It was like yeah the whole world just became this complete super project yeah of like between us and because it had expanded so much we uh well we kind of just shopped it around hoping that it would we would get something but this also happened when the pandemic hit mm -hmm. so it was kind of a bad kind of moment <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think that was the main reason why the publishing deal didn't end up happening yeah and so we just kind of decided well we, we're sitting on this big project we can't just let it sit here so and so we're on the kickstarter too. yeah <laughs> yeah he his um his comics are often they're quite dark mm -hmm. and my ones um because i make i make this this little series uh called Resortonatiu, and that's a uh, an urban fantasy set in set in modern day with like deities and um and it's it's got a bit of slice of life to it, um, but it's also a kind of fantasy story. So our our kind of styles just merge together. 
for this yeah. to, so to create so if people that are familiar with yeah. uh, with my previous comic thoughts which i'm still working on bits on hold right now yeah um they'll notice that the tone is not as dark mm-hmm. but it does get there but in the important moment mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's got a bit more kind of comedy in it yeah but it doesn't overshadow the dark themes it's like yeah. i i think it's quite a good balance yeah one of the things I wanted to ask you both was yeah. about your your art styles. Like, how did you develop them? Um, have you had any, like, challenges depicting things from Mesoamerica in your art style? Like, I noticed, like, the vulture people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, taking that from the, the murals and making them, you know, not costumed people, but actual, like, vulture people. And then... You know, are there any challenges or difficulties in merging your styles for Dream Rider? Um, well, in terms of just like uh, my style, it developed from, I think I was heavily influenced by manga. Um, though I grew up watching a lot of like American uh, like superhero c- cartoons. So I think that kind of had a bit of an influence on me. So it's a bit of a mix of both. And uh, researching Mesoamerica, I, I was really kind of... Uh, Really, really like kind of the the late classic Maya uh, style, especially in like the vases. I think that has really kind of um, been like a third element incorporated into the the, the style that I that I draw in. Um, but in terms of like the art in Dreamwriter, yeah, um, it hasn't clashed because I'm I'm the one that's solely doing the yeah, art. Yeah, yeah, he's the one doing the the actual artwork for it. So we discuss together how things are going to look. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so my my personal drawing style um, is it's it's a bit too cartoony, I think, for Dream Rider. Um, his his style fits it much much better because there's something quite serious about that. Um, yeah, and uh, just the the in terms of like. Um, working together artistically we yeah. have actually drawn the same thing a bit she helped me a bit in working on book three. Oh book yeah stuff. oh yeah i kind of i yeah i style match so, so, <laughs> if i have to uh she didn't actually do the characters faces like the inking but she really helped in a lot of the background right? yeah 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 this is this is something nobody really knows but i did a lot of the background inking in so, that book <laughs> so we have ways for us to kind of like merge ourselves if we need to yeah um but we we want to keep a more consistent look at least mm-hmm. for the faces because that yeah. is a pretty particular style yeah mm-hmm. um oh and regarding mesoamerica in the oh uh, yeah things yeah well it's been um uh i would say some things can be a little challenging if i'm not sure what i'm looking at so i try to like research yeah you have to work it out yeah um and if the, the thing with, with what's interesting is with the sci-fi, I can kind of use a lot of the aesthetics of kind of just the the, the stylized look of things and incorporate that into yeah, kind that's... of the how this world looks like. So I don't I I do I do have uh like she mentioned a more realistic style mm-hmm. and I do kind of take some of these elements and try to make them more realistic looking, but there's also times when I take 
some of the more stylized or even abs more abstracted looks and I just incorporate it as is because I think it fits pretty well with the sci-fi. Yeah, quite often um, there might be, um, like, you can use a bit of symbolism in the background, like flowers. Yeah. We, we, we like to take a lot of inspiration from the art styles yeah. and try to, like, put them, put them in to the visual language. Yeah, so we don't, we don't, like, even though it's realistic, we do like to incorporate, like, a lot of symbolism if we can, just because we know it's also, it was pretty important for uh, a lot of the Mesoamerican the speech bubbles. Yeah, the speech bubbles are actually mm -hmm. uh, very much inspired from the, the Maya kind of, like, squiggly speech lines that you would see in basics. Yeah, right. I love that, and I, I love this, this, um, the inspiration that you take from from these different places. And I'm curious about the way that you have created this world that is, um, it's not, you know, like 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 you said, it's not a what if scenario, um, but it's, yeah. it's its own world. And so what has the process been like for you as you pull these different sources and take things from them to create something that's completely brand new? Uh, well, we, uh, like for example, the the long kind of history that we've developed for the world, um, we take inspiration of that in some of the uh, the world creation myths. So we divided this world into different eras according to like uh, the the different um, kind of suns and yeah. that existed in, in the myths. So we have like the first era, the the second, and it goes up to the fifth. Yeah, which is and there are different. Yeah, and there are different species that originated, that evolved in these different eras. Some of them still around, some of them extinct. Yeah, and we we well we we had a lot of fun with this too because we weren't too like um, when we were throwing out ideas. There were like some things where I was like, oh well, I've always wanted to do a story with this and this and this, and it's a sci-fi, so I have a lot more kind of leeway. To mm -hmm. incorporate whatever I want. Yeah, you just find a way to creatively make it work, but you have to think about the bigger picture as well. Yeah. And well, this is why we have like some even prehistoric animals here. Because I've, yeah, one of my big interests apart from history is um, like prehistoric animals. I've always been interested in dinosaurs and just kind of like the, the, the megafauna and all of yeah, that. Yeah, so we have mastodons. Yeah. And in uh, certain regions and I think we yeah we have some raptors as well yeah and what what's funny too about the mastodons is we also have the, the giants in um yeah. of Mesoamerica so it's kind of like a, a reference to both but because of this the mammoths are kind of like in a similar region where the giants exist uh, which we call Kinamitsin Park which refers to the what the Aztecs called the giants yeah I love and that. Like, yeah. The, and the, some of the different species cause problems yeah, with other and, species. And, and we based a lot of kind of the, the problems of some of these species based on kind of how they're mentioned in the myths. Like we mentioned yeah. the vulture people. Uh, they, they were really inspired from the, the Maya sun and moon myths where the vulture would uh, kidnap the moon. So we have this kind of ongoing issue with like vultures participating in like uh, kidnapping people and trafficking yeah but they yeah the the vulture society um it's it's headed by this king vulture who's like this mafia boss and yeah. a lot of the vultures are living in a sort of in poverty and a kind of 
bad way, which causes them to commit like lots of crime, there's kidnappings and things. So yeah, they're and, not all bad, and, but that they have societal issues, and we have to think about how this interconnects with the rest of the world, with other species, and yeah. So it's been great I fun. Mean, in, in some cases, we really just kind of take little bits here and there from like the myths, and then we just kind of just run and see where it goes with that. It kind of writes itself in a bit, in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, from what I, I've seen, it it feels like very natural and and living. Like, it's it's not like, oh, I'm just, it's not like a thin veneer of Mesoamerica. It, it, it's very much its own, like, living, breathing world that just happens to be drawn from Mesoamerica and, and you could just like slip into it. Like someone would slip into like Star Wars, you know, it's it's, its own like living, breathing world yeah. with its own aesthetic. And I'm, I mean, I'm really excited. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah and I think that's really helped us in kind of just developing just the overall um, uh, world of this. Yeah. Because while we have been talking about Mesoamerica, it does exist within an even bigger world. Uh, but the story is centered on kind of the, the Mesoamerican region. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what would you say has been the biggest challenge so far in putting this project together, whether it be like a conceptual or a logistical challenge? Um, I would say, um, well, just at the moment right now, it's definitely the Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a tremendous amount of work um we thought we were prepared <laughs> we had we, we we had done research on like how to do a proper kickstarter we had yeah. looked at successful campaigns see what they have done we planned we like planned posts things. for the entire we, length of the campaign yeah we planned up to 90 posts even all of that was still not enough to prepare for <laughs> um so that's definitely been so far the hardest challenge before then I would say maybe um I wouldn't I don't know if it would be a challenge but I would say maybe it was more kind of a concern of how people were going to react to this because yeah one is people are familiar with my work in Mesoamerica and a lot of people I think might be more interested in just the historical aspect of it like I was wondering how much would people be receptive towards this kind of alternate, um, this kind of depiction uh, and whether this would have the same kind of like reception with people, how people would, um, just how it would be received by, by everyone. Yeah. Uh, but so far, it's, we're pleasantly surprised people are, are getting very into it. And, you know, we're noticing that the more we, we discuss and share about it, like little pieces of, of, of this of the world yeah people start to get more invested in it mm -hmm. and that's that's also been oh that is one thing i should yeah. mention is it, it has been hard for us to kind of pitch this idea to people since oh it's such gosh a, yeah that was difficult since it's such a vast and complex world it, and at the same time it's a thriller so we don't want to give away some of the things because yeah that's kind of suspenseful it's kind of hard to discuss it without, without giving away spoilers because yeah. there's it, there's a lot of mystery in this and they're kind of working something out that's going on in this world and there's so much cool stuff that we want to share but to explain this world to people we don't want to give away 
like part of this thriller because yeah. it, there's so many twists and turns and well to 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 really uh share it we have to have kind of a, a big discussion of what this is about and it's yeah. been hard to kind of compress that into you know something what they call an elevator pitch mm-hmm. um which that's been pretty hard yeah uh but that was definitely the hardest it took us a few months but we we (laughs) finally got something of a of an idea of how to pitch it um right around we started working on the kickstarter yeah just kind of sum it up slightly yeah Hmm. yeah and i i can imagine especially when it's such a i mean when you've done so much world building you know you have to like provide the context but without providing too much of the story yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the same time you know you don't want to like overwhelm someone or you don't want to give so much and they might not be as interested you want to give just enough yeah I mean I know like I um I backed your project like the first day it came out Thank and you then so the much. next day you the next day you had the page with the the guachimantón like first page and I was like Whoa, what's that? Because <laughs> like, I expected more like Central Mexico and Maya stuff. I, you know, West Mexico's always shoved off, you know, to the side. So I never expected not only to see West Mexico, but it's like page one. And um, I, I just wanted to ask, like, why you wanted to include West Mexico when so many other, like, you know, Mesoamerica themed or 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 base like projects only focus on like central mexico and the maya like um I mean, i'm not complaining but like you know it's it's <laughs> west, you know uh, it's west mexico is an afterthought and it doesn't seem to be an afterthought and i you know since i'm Ooh. here i wanted to ask um, yeah uh well it actually this is where the story actually uh started um, yeah when i first made the the original anthology that i submitted this to um because i well i was very drawn to kind of the west mexican uh, figurines and like you know kind of the, the diorama kind of things i really loved them uh and i thought it would be really cool to see this kind of in a more futuristic society so this is what initially brought them into the story and because they were kind of the the origin of of how this story got started they ended up becoming a central part in the very beginning yeah one of the two main characters is from that it's region from that region yeah so this is why it's, it's not just an afterthought. It's it's literally the first thought when I was making the story. Also, Mesoamerica is so vast. There is so much yeah. cool stuff that is never depicted, never shown. There's so much potential. And yeah, because another reason... We just want to show so much of the diversity of Mesoamerica and, and what this looks like, what yeah. this can look like in a story. So we actually want to explore many many regions yeah because like another region that doesn't really get much attention is kind of the more southeastern part of Mesa. yeah mm-hmm. um which we also will be featuring um i will say like for people that are wondering like just be patient you know this is a big story we'll be covering all of these these regions in the future it might not come at that moment yet but just wait like be patient um <laughs> but um that is actually something when I was discussing um, 
how people will, will, will receive it is yeah. we don't actually have we didn't actually make that much of the story uh in set like the maya region for instance which is kind of what a lot of people think about um so this is also a bit of a gamble because uh would people still be as interested yeah. in seeing these other parts yeah and they will be featured but we'll be showing them later in the story the kind of more Aztec inspired region though will be appearing in the first place so we will be sharing a bit more of that um but we the story doesn't really focus on that region no yet. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's something that I that I really I really like I like seeing this variety um and I'm kind of in a weird place because I you know I study the classic Maya, right? Like I'm like right yeah. there in the middle of like the, you know, the, the, the popular region. Um, but it's been so reassuring for me to see the demand that there is for other regions as well. You know, like the, yeah. um, one of the things I, I remember being so surprised when I put out the most recent call for podcast interviews um, there. I mean, we did get some Maya episodes, but we also got like a ton about Oaxaca um, and, you know, so, so I, it, I think that there, there is a, a desire for information about the rest of Mesoamerica, especially when some of these regions are so dynamic, um, and oh, so yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, that was something that was really nice to see, just like people getting so excited when they, when they see something depicted that rarely is. Yeah, I mean... Like we we recently had someone who messaged us from, oh, yeah. like, from Nicaragua who was really like excited about the project and was wondering like oh are you know, how how are they going to be featured if they're going to be featured and you know we reassured them yes they will be just yeah be patient. <laughs> we'll get there. So I'm curious if you each have sort of like a favorite character. Um, obviously no spoilers, but. Um, but I, you know, you you've been sharing online a little bit about each of the the characters so far, and I'd love to hear if there are any characters that have like a special spot in your heart, um, or that just have a fantastic storyline that you like. I mean, I think I think our favorite our favorite character is actually a major spoiler. Yeah, the, the, the <laughs> so we can't yeah, talk about my personal that one. favorite character is probably the main villain of the story yeah um which um obviously we're not gonna say um but that's probably a made um my favorite one for personally both of us. For, yeah. for <laughs> uh, in terms of the ones we've already shown um uh, oh, it's so hard it's it's hard because they all they all they're so different yeah all they, the characters are so different and they each have a different meaning to us yeah um we can't really choose it's yeah hard. i i i really like unen she, she's oh, like yeah, she's, she's yeah. like a, a little unen. yeah she's she's like a, a three foot tall um she's we call her the, the, um the chain species yeah um which is uh it refers to the they're kind of based on the chanekes yeah and, and the alushes and the yeah. flaloke yeah uh, so they're like three foot tall little little beings and uh she's pretty interesting i would say she's uh she's she's got a bit of a like a bioengineering background mm -hmm. she's uh has 
she's really quirky. Yeah, she's really quirky. Kind of nerdy as well. Yeah. Um, we'll be seeing her in in the first book a bit, much more in the second book. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. We um, we chose the name Cheen for the for the species um because I think it's the diminutive. Yeah, it's it's um, it's like a, a suffix in in the Nahuatlpi language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we added an extra an extra an I, so we it's extended to like chi. Yeah. Gotcha. So like you know, we 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 have like research um kind of inspiration for all these little bits and pieces of of, of the world. Yeah. And I think their their clothing style is a little more based on It's more based on like the the pre classic. Yeah. So kind of more like Olmec and Platinko kind of um Mm-hmm. uh clothing um yeah it, it's just uh uh i would say those those two characters are probably my favorite so far i mean i also just kind of like the um probably the 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 liquidators oh the liquidators uh, those, those are pretty, pretty cool. cool yeah they're basically a, a very elite religious military order uh th- their name kind of is inspired from the the aztec um title cutter of men is mm-hmm. one of the, the types of um aztec high rank yeah um military officers and uh these these people are pretty dangerous um they're uh yeah, they have these abilities. Yeah. Um, so some people in this world um, have, um, we call them humanique. Uh, they have these kind of um, well, I, telekinetic abilities. Yeah, it, it varies like what they can do. Like uh, some of them can just create illusions. Uh, some of them could um, have, like you mentioned, telekinetic abilities or yeah. even read people's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can access the sort of dream world. Yeah, um, and they can enter your dreams, and they could actually. This is inspired from like a, a lot of like Nahualism. So they yeah. could they could like enter your dreams, and they could murder you in your dream, which would actually murder you in real life. You can kind of interact with with deities in some way. Yeah. Um, and they they wear living armor and living weapons, so their armor is like very special because it's, it's produced. It has a soul in it. Yeah, I recently made a post about this, um, talking about kind of the, the more Wastic inspired region, which yeah. is the main producer of these like living armors and weapons. And they have souls in them, which the, they kind of make a, a contract with them. Yeah. And they kind of make a bond with the user. And, uh, well, this is, you know, like, uh, kind of how there's like little, there's like souls in a lot of like things in, yeah. Um, uh, like, especially in Maya cosmology, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to incorporate an idea like that. Yeah, so <clears throat> this is why the liquidators are so dangerous because they are soldiers with these abilities. Yeah, mm. and they, they're, yeah, it's basically like combining someone with like uh, special forces skills in military combined with like very powerful extrasensory yeah. abilities yeah so it makes them even more dangerous yeah these are going to play a, an interesting role in the yeah in the story 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually already terrified of the idea of <laughs> internet dreams and kill me because my one consolation with nightmares is that no matter what happens, I'll be okay. <laughs> oh, not in this world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it is it is pretty terrifying. Um, but what, the funny thing is in this society, you know, people don't really know the stuff that they do. Um, so they're kind of this they're seen as like these heroes that they're kind of keeping the world safe and mm. you know they even have like military parades and people are like clapping yeah they they give them flowers they're like these big heroes but like they don't know what they actually do no there's there's layers to what they do and the yeah. public don't necessarily know all of those and some might suspect but they kind of overlook it yeah like, oh, they're the, keeping us safe. conspiracies and yeah. things well i was wondering like you have all this detail, all this background information without uh-huh. giving away the plot. Yeah. How, how much of the story do you have planned that, like, if the Kickstarter gets funded, like, how, like, how far can you go with it? How many, like, volumes? Well, we actually already have book two written. Yeah. Because book one and book two were originally going to be one book. Yeah, but we in in like a couple of months we wrote six hundred pages. Yeah, <laughs> and, oh. and and we yeah. were like, oh my god, we need to cut this in half. Yeah. Like, so so we 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 found a, a way to cut it in half where there's a where there's a cliffhanger. But I guess the the, the first little arc of it concludes after book two. Yeah, but then but then there's a lot more planned. Um, we kind of know how it's going to end. Yeah, we have we have a pretty good idea of how it's going to end. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot more characters. Yeah, a lot more. Um, we have a lot of plot points. Yeah. Like we kind of we know what's going to happen in the story. Um, it needs it needs writing, obviously. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would say the first it's pretty well planned. The first two books are pretty much written. Yeah. The third book is mainly like an outline, and yeah. then. From there, we have ideas of what to do. We have a pretty good idea of the ending. Yeah. It's just kind of from around the third book to the ending where we need to kind of work things out and fit them well. Mm-hmm. But, Quite often our research inspires yeah. so much of what happens in the book because we'll find something out and be like, oh, this is really cool. We need to use this in some yeah, way. Yeah, like a very recent edition is... Um, we had the crocodile people, oh, which we incorporated. <laughs> and the crocodile people were, um, when I started looking into uh, a lot of the, the Nicoya region yeah. in the southeast, and I saw these like kind of Saurian, kind of anthropomorphic um, mm. figures. I'm like, oh, this is a very recurring thing. And then some of mm. them were like um, uh, kind of these like warrior, uh, and, and some of them were like shamans. Oh, this is perfect for, yeah. for the story. And so we just recently incorporated that. Uh, and the research is always, I think, going to be um, influencing where the story is going to go. Mm-hmm. But we do have a pretty good idea, at least, of how it's going to end. Um, yeah, whilst whilst keeping it a little open and flexible yeah. to the, the details of how, how the story is going to get there. Yeah. Um, because it's a constant editing process, you know, we're constantly revising, uh, even characters' names. Um, 
obviously once they're printed that's their name yeah we're not changing we can't change that no. uh, but we're constantly revising uh just everything from like what their background might be to just little details here yeah and just like tweaking it because the whole thing fits together yeah and it's it's just to i guess tighten tighten plot points yeah uh because um, that that is a risk you run when you make a big story is that there's going to be plot holes so we kind of have to watch out not yeah to... yeah yeah this is where we constantly like we look back and just to make sure we haven't got any plot holes yeah. there because it is quite a complicated interconnected story yeah 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 so sorry i just wanted to ask because like one of my favorite book series is the wheel of time and uh -huh early interviews with Robert Jordan he said it was going to be a trilogy and then it blossomed into like 14 novels um, <laughs> you know so like because and he also knew how it was going to end it was just about how you were going to get there yeah. and it took a bit of a journey and it's like I think it's supposed to be like the second best-selling fantasy series um you know over like 30 years or or something it took to, to oh, write yeah. this is a yeah. long haul <laughs> yeah you know so i you know i just wanted to ask because like you know so so people listening and checking out the kickstarter like no like you know if they back it they're gonna get more than just like volume one like you know this oh, yeah this is help, help this is go. the beginning yeah it's it's definitely gonna be more than a trilogy um uh it's not gonna the, the the good thing too about our different kind of writing styles is that in her case her pacing is a bit faster in, yeah. in the storytelling um so we will be getting moving on the story a lot faster than if it was kind of more my style it tends to dwell more, a bit more yeah um, we... But we, we have moments where we dwell on it and we just move it along when we have to. Yeah, so it's like a happy balance between yeah. them where like the moments where we need to take our time, yeah. we take our time. And then other moments where it it's beneficial to move it on a little bit faster, we do that as well. Yeah. And, you know, th this is this is what I really liked about um, this this uh, project is just that it's, it's a really good balance because... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if you if you've read uh, Slots, you'll notice that that comic has a lot of kind of violent scenes. This this comic though, there's actually not going to be much violence in the first book. In the first book. In the first book. <laughs> oh, it picks up like out of nowhere in the second book. Um, you've you've spoiled that now. People are going to be expecting it. <laughs> no, but they don't know when it's going to happen. No, that's true. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good way to kind of, you know, reel people in and, uh, you know, it's, it's getting people to, yeah, to connect with the characters and then put them into mortal peril, right? Yeah. <laughs> so as we sort of wrap up, and I don't know, Tony, if you have any other like burning questions that you want to ask? Yeah. No, well, actually, my final question was answered yeah. like right away in the beginning, and that was if we were going to see more Zotes. Because I mean, my bookshelf needs more. <laughs> yeah, needs more books, and I'm you know I've been waiting. Yeah, uh, I had to, well. This is why it's been on pause for so long because we've been working on this since 2019. Oh yeah. Um, so 
yes, I will be resuming that um, at least once I get the first book of, of Dreamwriter. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to get that. <laughs> it's been too long. Yeah. Um, of course, like I'd like to get it done, get there sooner, but that also depends on the funding. Yeah. So depending on how much funding he gets, obviously, uh, bills need paying. Yeah. We need to eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, this is something where if we if we hit. Um, our goal he'll be able to work on this like part-time and get it get it out maybe in about a year uh-huh. yeah. um, to everyone if, and, if we get more then he can dedicate more of his time to it and get it out even faster and maybe even I can help on it yeah so that, it really it really depends on how much funding we get for this yeah but we just we really want this story out there yeah um, especially because I've been teasing it so much. Like I know, I, I feel like I have to. Book now. one I'm is obligated. Three hundred pages. Yeah, it's it's a big book. It's a thick book. Yeah. As we wrap up this interview, I don't want us to leave without giving y'all a chance to talk about the Kickstarter um, and how people can not only support the project but how they can learn more about it. Yeah. So um, our Kickstarter is. Um, well, for those that might not be familiar with Kickstarter to begin with, it's a crowdfunding site mm-hmm. and they crowdfund projects and you, we have different tiers of uh, pledges that you can pledge money to. And depending on what you um, donate to uh, the tier, you get a certain reward from us. So like, you know, the, the, the smallest reward would be like a, a thank you email that we will send out. And then the higher ones, like you get like custom art and things like that. Yeah, I think um, there's there's a tier where you can get a digital copy of the book. Um, we have prints as well. And you can get like the physical copy of the book when it's printed. Um, you can even have yourself as a character. Be in the comic. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere in the, somewhere in the background. Uh, so if you really want to be there and and we're pretty not, flexible not limited to humans yeah we're There's pretty so flexible species so, and also this world is big there's actually cultures from all over the world yeah so we can have someone so just you know maybe they're visiting maybe they're like <laughs> a, a, a migrant living there like who knows yeah um so yeah uh we have the the kickstarter uh it's for dreamwriter um we will the, the link we can uh, we can provide it yeah um and it's um it runs until september 28th so uh if you do plan to to donate do do so before then otherwise yeah. it's gonna be too late <laughs> um uh, so far we're we're almost halfway there which is good because we're almost at the halfway point yeah uh, so we're, we're getting there steady but we we need that like push to the end mm. um and you know in, in the kickstarter itself you can even read up a bit more about the story you can read the first chapter for free so yeah that's something chapter one i think it's about 30 pages yeah so, so if, if you there's a link in there that you can click and you can read the entire finished chapter one yeah for so free. if, if you're you wondering the story. what this comic will look like what where this story is going well there's your answer you can read the yeah. first chapter for free so you can know 
what you'd be investing into as well. Also on um, on social media, every day there's about three posts a day where we're we're showing a bit more of the world. We're showing the characters. We're showing a bit of the lore, different species, different regions. A little bit of info every day, so you can find out more and more about the world. Yeah, I have. I'm posting it on my Facebook, on my Twitter, and on my Instagram, uh, on my Patreon as well. Uh, so. If you follow me on any of those, you'll be getting updates on the the story or just, just like little bits of info. Yeah. I'm retweeting it, but we're making we're making the posts together. Yeah, this goes on his one. Yeah. Um, so if you want to support, just um, go go to the Kickstarter. Do uh, make sure to get there before September 28th. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> hard that, deadline. That is a deadline. Yeah, when it ends. Awesome. Cool. Well, I mean, I am super excited. Um, I've already backed the project and I, I know that there's a lot of other people that I'm going to be sharing this with as well, um, including our listeners, right? Thank you so uh, much. Nah, and it's, it's just so great to see projects like this take life. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, yeah no, thank, thank you. you both. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this and I hope you guys get funded. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank we you. hope so too. Yeah, we hope so too. <laughs> no, it mean it means a lot that we have people excited and looking forward to this. Like yeah. we we have like it's been so hard keeping this we, under wraps. Yeah, we've been holding on to this for three years now. Yeah, we've wanted to share this so much. Yeah. It's been just a joy yeah. working on it. Yeah. Well, we can't wait to see the finished project. Thank you. Thank you.